This conference will now be recorded. Good morning, everyone. I, I assume more people are going to be joining us presently. If not, we shall amuse ourselves and talk about them. Um, <laughs> so could we please have a moment's silence to gather our own thoughts? This workshop is for members of Al-Anon, Essanon or other Anon fellowships or those interested in the subject matter. We will examine the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous as they can be practiced to solve the problems arising out of alcoholism or addiction in someone we're close to. We're not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Our views are our own and do not reflect the position taken by any particular fellowship. This is not a substitute for membership of or attendance of a fellowship. We aim merely to share our experience. If that experience is beneficial, we are pleased. Each week, a number of presenters will present on the step in question. There will then be room for questions and answers plus discussion. The sessions will last an hour or so. During each session, send the organizers any questions you have using the chat function. We're recording this session. Audio recordings of the workshop plus written materials are made available at the workshop blog. Links are posted during the meeting. And today we're examining the part of step 12 where we're looking at carrying the message to others. I'll start off by giving a formal presentation of my understanding of the step. There will then be other speakers who will go into more detail about how their experience informs their understanding of the step. Now, before we get on to this question of um, carrying the message to others, specifically from an anon point of view. Uh, there's something we probably should have covered at the beginning, but I don't think we did, which is uh, why are we even presenting the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous to people in anon fellowships when they have their own literature? So what are we even trying to do here? Um, so to, cut, to cover this, I, I'll try and do it briefly. If any of you are familiar with uh, Lord of the Rings, you'll be familiar with the phrase one ring to rule them all. <laughs> um, if you pray three times a day, you might be in the habit of saying that there is only one God. <clears throat> um, in the big book, there's a curious line. It says uh, the purpose of this book, this is a paraphrase, the purpose of this book is to enable you to find a, a higher power which will solve your problem. And this, that's a funny thing to say, your problem. You mean I only have one problem? Do you want to come and count? I can count more problems. But it says, no, you've got one problem. And now, AA was the Alcoholics Anonymous was the first fellowship, uh, first 12 step fellowship. But here's the thing. The AA program did not come from AA. It's not even really the we compiled it, but we did not originate it. The practices in there of admission of complete defeat. Um, Self-examination confession, restitution to others and service of God are as old as humanity itself. So the AA program uh, rests on thousands of years of spiritual learnings. 
So when we're presenting the AA program, we're not really presenting the AA program, we're presenting universal spiritual practices, which are packaged in a particular form for those of us who enjoy, you know, fragranced fortified Italian wines. Um, but it's universal. Sometimes people will say, and I understand why they say it in, an, in other fellowships, it doesn't apply to us. Now, I'll talk about how where the similarities are first, then I'll go on to the differences, because there are differences. Um, if you look at step two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Imagine a bunch of different people in different places with all sorts of different problems posing themselves that question. Do I believe a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity? Imagine two Chabadniks in Ramat Gan. One of them is a gambler. The other one is a sex addict. And then you ask them, they're both members of their respective fellowships, you ask them to relate their experiences of coming to believe in a power grace themselves, both from a Chabad background in Ramat Gan. They go to the same shul. Okay. Now imagine a third person who is a gambler, uh, atheist, child of hippies, 19, lives in Portland, Oregon. And you get him to relate his experiences of coming to believe that a power greater than himself could restore him to sanity. Who do you think step two stories are going to resemble each other the most? Maybe the two people who are in different fellowships, but from the same cultural and religious background, rather than the two people in the same fellowship from completely different backgrounds. Um, the steps are universal. Another example of, of, of the AA step four will ask me a bunch of questions on you like questions that's the page to go to it's full of them and you say to yourself as you know because i've got an app um uh as an okay i'm think i'm back again uh as as an al-anon do i make mistakes yes as an anon do i get frightened yes as an anon do i am i selfish am i self-centered am i dishonest all of those questions apply to me just as much as an anon as they do to me as an alcoholic. The questions are the same. Um, the question then arises, well, why do we have lots of different fellowships and not just one fellowship? And I think for me, the answer is this. Um, when I was very new in AA, I could only really relate to other people in AA because of their, I, I needed to hear people that talked about getting drunk when they didn't want to get drunk. I needed to hear people talking about hangovers. Um, from an anon point of view, I've needed to hear people talk about saying no to someone, then feeling physically sick because they've actually said no to someone. So in step one, to get identification, I need someone whose story matches my own. And this is, a I won't belabor the point, it's all through the big book. This is why we have different fellowships. It's one of the reasons why we have different fellowships. Step five, 
it's much easier to share step five with someone that is flawed in the same way as you. So step five, it's although you can step five with anyone in any 12 step fellowship in one respect, at least one of your step fives should be with someone with a similar background and history and problems. And step 12, you know, we're, we're best that the, the, we're best off carrying the message when it comes to newcomers um, to, to people who very strictly have the same problem as us. So it's the inverse of the step one. <clears throat> but everything else. There is a huge amount that everyone can learn from from everyone else. Um, uh, so why why bother presenting? Why why bother presenting the um, uh, AA program uh, to people from other fellowships? I, I have got a very odd journey <coughs> over the over the years. Um, it was alcoholism which got me into the world of recovery, but. I'd say 95% of my emotional disturbance today is a non-stuff, not AA stuff, as it were. Uh, and there's a slight, and this is where there's, there is, a, I think, a, the biggest distinction in the world of recovery. This is an opinion, so that's all it is. The biggest distinction is between uh, the uh, addicty types of any description so that it would include the food and the gambling and the sex and on the other hand the anony types and i being in both i can i can talk about both my alcoholism is very much about um uh running away uh thrill seeking and beating everyone else to a pulp being number one my anonism is about super responsibility, being super responsible, being the only grown up around, having to run, having to run everything, not because I want to be number one, but because I'm frightened if I don't, it will fall apart. They're very, very different. They're very, very different things. Uh, and I've, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for AA. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Al-Anon. But as far as the mechanics of the steps are concerned, the method, and I've tried so many different methods, the one that I found the most useful is what's in the big book. It's informed by lots of information from other fellowships, but the skeleton of it is the AA method. And the flesh is added from all sorts of, from a patchwork of, of different things. Um, there is one, other major difference, I think, between the AAs and the, uh, the, the, the addicty types, including alcoholics on one hand and the anons on the other hand. And this is why the, 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 the fellowships help is when we come to uh, practical tips, it's really helpful to get practical tips from people who are facing the same thing. If you're sponsoring addicts, you need to get tips from people who are sponsoring addicts. If you're sponsoring and sex addicts are different than alcoholics. If you're sponsoring Al-Anons, you're going to have a very different range of problems that are facing you than um, uh, uh, with the alcoholics. Uh, so you need, you're gonna, I, I've needed to get experience from people with similar problems, but also, and this is where we come to step 12. You see, I am going to get onto step 12 eventually. Um, 
the solution to a lot of the alcoholism problem is getting out of self, making yourself useful to others uh, in step 12. Um, I was at a meeting the other day, um, a few weeks ago, where they were using, they were talking about the step 11 prayer in the book, 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, the so-called St. Francis prayer. Um, yeah, where there is darkness, may I bring light. Where there is misunderstanding, may I bring understanding. And a dozen others, where there is something bad, let me bring something good. And I've never liked that prayer. I'm going to say that here. I've never liked it. Uh, and I, I realize why for the first time. It's like catnip to an Al-Anon. It's, oh, I get to be the one that brings light to a dark world. No, no, my whole problem is believing that I am the one to bring the, to bring resolution where there is confusion and clarity where there is muddiness and um, it's messianic. I, I, can't, I can't I can't deal with it at all because it reinforces the problem, which is I am I think I'm the solution to everything. That's my part of my Al-Anon problem. Oh, there's a whole Al-Anon thing of wanting to be rescued by people, but you know, I'm largely past that. Um, I've gone over to the dark side and <laughs> the rescuer now. Um, uh, so step 12, making ourselves useful to others has to be done in my experience in a very, with a lot more caution, it has to be done from an Al-Anon point of view, but you've got to be very, very careful about the spirit within which you do it. Now, all of the details of that are actually in the big book already, but that I think they need to be brought out from an Al-Anon point of view. So I'm going to skip to the readings now. The readings, there's, if, you, if you've had a look at the big book, it still contains an awful lot of material on step 12, an awful lot of material on helping others and carrying the message, lots of detailed instructions. It's all super, it's almost all very, very helpful. <laughs> almost all very, very helpful. Um, uh, I'm gonna focus on a couple of bits and then let it go at that. The rest of it has been annotated. It's already on the blog, there are PDFs, there's, there's so much material. So let's go to the actual text itself. Okay, so the first bit I want to talk about is from chapter seven, which is called working with others because it's about working with others. Um, just a little footnote, sometimes people see secret patterns in the big book like it's not the da Vinci code. Uh, the reason the chapter is called, you know, working with others is because that's what it's about. There's, there's no, there's no hidden stuff in there. It's, it, there's no secrecy. If you think you've seen a secret pattern, you're probably seeing something that's not there. Anyway, um, practical experience shows that nothing will so much in, ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works where other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help where no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. Um, and a couple of points that I want to make about this. There are times when the only thing which gets me out of myself is to help someone else. 
Now, that's not helping in the sense of um, let me mend your life. You're cold. I'm the sweater. That, that's not what we're talking about. here. Um, I'm very hard to carry a message to. If I've got a problem and I phone someone, I'm so not receptive to anything they say. I'm still very unreceptive. If I'm in a bad mood, I'm usually right. I don't know if you find yourself, it, next time you're in a bad mood, ask yourself, am I right in my perception of things? Of course I am. If I wasn't, I wouldn't be in a bad mood. So I'm not receptive at all. However, I can be in the most terrible mood about the world, uh, about the country and the state of the nation and what's going on in other countries and how incompetent everyone is. And if only I were in charge, everything would be much smoother and none of the trains would be late and everyone would quietly sit there reading the Bible every day and the world would be perfect. Yeah, one of those, one of those little, little moods. Um, sometimes you don't get enough of a kick about imagining being in charge of the people around you so you have to cast the net a lot wider of what you're placing yourself in charge of to, to get the hit um <clears throat> now someone phones me up sniveling about exactly the same thing and i find it intolerable and so in a rather sort of short-tempered way i said well i wouldn't don't worry about things you can't do anything about and focus on doing something useful in front of you and i shoot out all of this perfectly valid advice and somehow in offering it to someone else it hits me i think well i ought to do that it's uh, it only strikes me as true when i'm telling it to you doesn't I tell it to me, nothing happens. I tell it to you, it's like God is telling it to me. I don't know why that, I don't understand the mechanics of that. I'm just reporting, that's how it works. And that's why step 12 works where nothing else does. Um, so if you've got an, if you're an Anon, um, I've, I've met a lot of Anons who don't like sponsoring. And I understand why now is because and um, because I've done this. There are lots of things which look like sponsorship. But are something else, real sponsorship is helping someone else achieve a reliance on God as opposed to themselves or others. And that's what I'm supposed to be doing as a sponsor. What I'm not supposed to be doing for as a sponsor is taking someone else's problem and analyzing it as though it's my problem. And whenever I feel this sense of heaviness in sponsoring someone else, it's because I've taken their problems on board and I'm trying to fix them. Then I try to impose a solution. They don't like it or it goes wrong and it's a disaster. Or it works and they're back for more. They're back the next week with two problems. You know, the Greek hydra, you cut off its head and two grow back. The more I solve other people's problems for them, even if the solving is actually effective, it, I'm shooting them and me in the foot because I'm making them reliant on me, not on a higher power. And then before you know it, you've got 15 people calling you 12 times a day with, with increasingly complex and bizarre problems with this plaintive sound in their voice and suddenly you're you're in charge of everything again and it's all under the heading of recovery so this is the thing one has to be incredibly careful of 
Um, unfortunately, sponsees seem to fall into two categories. Category number one is, is the people that want to do nothing you suggest. And category two is the people who want to do only what you suggest. They won't, they won't devise anything. They won't think for themselves. They want you to think for them. And you know the way uh, if you've got a cat in a garden, the cat will sometimes bring in this sort of half dead mouse or half dead bird and they'll plonk it down in front of you, look up at you as if to say, well, you need to do something about it now. Now, in the early stages of sponsoring Anons, this is what happens. They come to you, they, they, they plonk this semi-resolved problem or, or you know, the, the, the problem is still bleeding. <laughs> Nothing has been done to it. And they put it down in front of you. So well, what do you do with this? And my job as a sponsor is to help them use the tools they've already been given to do something with it themselves. And my job is to take them onwards from the furthest point they can reach themselves. Now, when someone has been in Al-Anon or Essanon for 12, 13 minutes, then maybe I'm going to have to do all of their thinking for them with like the first problem that presents itself. When they've been in Al-Anon or Essanon for 12 or 13 years and they phone up and say, these are some selected facts of the situation in my perception. <laughs> what do I do? No, 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 no. First of all, you need all the facts, not just your side of the story. I never believe a story. There's always another side. And you need to tell me where you think you are wrong and what you think the corrective measures are based on your experience of the program to date. And then say something like, have I missed anything? And then I can come in. Then I'm really helping. That So sponsorship must not become a form of, of um, practicing the illness, which it can do. And if you discover you're doing it, it's fine. You don't need to crucify yourself. You just say, oops, I've done it again, and then get back to normal. I'm going to stop in a minute, but there's one point that I want to, uh, if I can, I don't know if I can find it. Um, how can I find it? There's a passage in the, uh, oh, it's got the word violence. And let's see if I can find it from there. Ah, uh, here it is. So this is the passage I want to, to say that I have a problem with in chapter seven. Never avoid these responsibilities, but be sure you are doing the right thing if you assume them. Helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. A kindly act once in a while isn't enough. You have to act the good Samaritan every day, if need be. So far, so good. I have no problem with any of that. It may mean the loss of many nights sleep, great interference with your pleasures, interruptions to your business. It may mean sharing your money in your home, counselling frantic wives and relatives, innumerable trips to police courts, sanitariums, hospitals, jails and asylums. Your telephone may jangle at any time of day or night. Your, your wife may sometimes say she is neglected. A drunk may smash the furniture in your home or burn a mattress. You may have to fight with him if he is uh, violent. Sometimes you'll have to call a doctor and administer sedatives under his administration. 
uh, under his direction. Another time you may have to send for the police or an ambulance. Occasionally you will have to meet such conditions. We seldom allow an alcoholic to live in our homes for long at a time. It is not good for him and it sometimes creates serious complications for a family. Um, just an opinion. I think Bill could have done with an Al-Anon meeting or two. Uh, one of my favorite lines in Al-Anon is from the detachment flyer. It's a it's a one one sheet of paper with two sides. And it says we don't allow ourselves to be used or abused in the benefit of someone else's recovery. Um, I don't have using alcoholics in my home. I don't even don't tell anyone this. I don't have newcomers in my home. They tend to the the, the physical movements tend to be jerky. They knock everything over. <laughs> I'll meet them in the cafe. I'll go for a walk, whatever. But what I don't do is allow my allow. And also the phone is off at night. If someone has problems they want to have solved at night, they'll have to have a list of people who are up at night anyway. It's not right for me to shortchange my clients during the day because I'm tired because I've been on the phone at night with people with emotional crises. It's it's not it's not right. Now, I spend a lot of my time on step 12, but I don't do it at the expense of other forms of service or usefulness or looking after looking after myself. Um, uh, to paraphrase a woman from Glasgow AA who I heard many years ago, and, and she didn't use uh, as polite words as I'm about to use. So I'll text you what she actually said if, if you send me a text. She said, you're of no use to anyone else if you're in a devil of a state yourself. And I think that's right. So the, the, the anon twist is put your own oxygen mask on first and then help the person next to you. Um, that's all I've got. I'm going to ask some other people to come in and share. So uh, just because I can see you on my little screen. Osha, would you like to come in next? Hi, everyone. I'm Osha, member of Al-Anon. <clears throat> um, just going to make sure to take some time because um, there's so much always to say about all this because of the Anon uh, parts of it. Um, so I'll start off with um, balance is very important. Um, I've had times when I've gone to, you know, um, making 25 calls a day because I'm uh, um, depending on fellowship rather than higher power and times of isolation where I just don't want to talk to anybody and this is how I can be of service. And so the balance between sitting with my higher power and, and needing some quiet and turning off the phone, as was said, and so on, and um, and and um, being in touch with other people and answering the phone and making phone calls and et cetera, et cetera, and, and being of service. And, um, and the balance for me is gained by working step 11 and constantly asking higher power, okay, what do you need me to do now? Um, I have found also, as I said, and I loved uh, Tim's um, uh, writings about it. So, so I, 
highly, highly suggest reading through them. And, and I have also found that the results are not my focus. Um, I have been blessed with the gift of having sponsored many, many people over the years. And I have not yet taken a sponsee all the way through uh, to, the, to the 12th step. And um, it doesn't mean that I'm doing it wrong. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them. Um, it, it's just the way it is. Um, I, I've gained a lot from sponsorship and people that I've sponsored have shared with me that they've gained a lot. So um, that's where we are. Um, I know for me that sponsorship and helping others can feel like a lot of responsibility. And I can mix it up and think that it's all on my shoulders. And so um, what I've learned to do is ask a lot of questions um, of people who have sponsored me and people who, uh, whose recovery I respect. Um, and, um, and it's okay, I've learned to be able to say, I don't know. Um, I can only share experience, strength, and hope. And sometimes I don't have experience, strength, and hope over things that people are going through. And nothing comes up for me as identification when they're sharing. And so I'll just say, you know, I'm here, I'm listening, thank you for sharing. Um, I might make a suggestion of calling someone whom we both know who might have some experience, strength and hope, or I might make a suggestion of making more calls on the program and asking people some questions about how to deal with something in particular. Um, and it's okay for me to be speechless. <laughs> I, I was not used to that before I came into program. I think that um, carrying the message starts early on in the program with making phone calls. Um, the way that I share with newcomers about how to make phone calls is to practice new skills. Um, often I've heard it called the 300 pound phone. Um, for those of you who use kilos, that's a lot. And, uh, and um, so there are two parts to phone calls, right? One part is, hi, how are you? And to, to genuinely, learn, genuinely learn the art of, of the skill of listening, um, which I didn't have when I came in here and for many years after coming in is something that I really need to learn. And sometimes I find myself wandering off and thinking about something else and, and learning that skill of, wait, I'm on the phone right now. This is where I need to be. This is where higher power needs me to be. And practicing answering the question of how are you when someone asks me. Um, and so these are conversations that I've had with sponsors over the years of mine to, to learn how to be able to do this <clears throat> and keep the, keep the calls um, on a spiritual level. Um, I do try to remember to pray when the phone rings and during the call. Um, um, and that is very helpful to me um, um, because it leaves it in the realm of being able to turn over the outcome. Um, I, I either wait for people to ask a question or ask them, um, thanks for sharing. Um, is there anything I can help with or, and, and, um, often people say yes. Some, sometimes people say, no, I just needed to share. Okay. I, I, I never, that's something that I don't, that doesn't make sense to me, but I honor it. Um, and, um, and I, I'll share my experience, strength and hope. And then I'm done. I put down the phone and it's in higher powers hands. Um, I might think of the person later and have another suggestion. So I might message them, but that doesn't happen very often. And um, I, sometimes my heart hurts for these people. And I, and I find the Anon in me alive and well, right? Of like, I really want it more than they want it for themselves. 
And um, I so wish that they could be in a place um, that I wish for them because I want them to experience the beauty. Um, and, and it's okay if they're not, you know, it's okay to turn it over and to trust higher power there. Um, as for carrying the message beyond people who are already in program, um, I just live my life. I'm open about being in 12-step programs. I'm open about being in, in a non-program in particular. Um, um, I share openly about what it's like to be in a 12-step in a program, um, how I live my life. We, we went camping this weekend, and in the morning, I do my prayer and meditation, and, and the friends who we went with are not 12-step people, and I said, I'm, I'm going to sit and, and, and do my prayer now. And, um, and so uh, I, I, I hope that it leaves an, an, an opportunity open for people to be able to ask questions if they have them. I have had questions from general community every so often about how to deal with different things. Um, and, and I'm, I'm happy to be able to, um, to, to be able to carry the message in that way. Um, I'll end with, um, next week we're going to, to be talking about the third part of, of the 12th step, which is about practicing the, these principles in all our, our affairs. And so, Carrying the message is one of the main ways that I learned to be able, that I learned the various principles to be able to then practice things outside in the world, both by being sponsored and sponsoring and doing service in the rooms and learning the traditions and following the directions that are um, uh, written in the various chapters in, in the big book about step 12. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Ellie Shava, would you like to take over at this point? Or you'll need to unmute. There you go. Uh, I can't hear you, Ellie Shever. I, I think others are struggling too. How about now? Oh, that's better. There we go. Okay. Hi, my name is Ellie Shever. Grateful to be here. Um, the way the way I see it is, there are three groups that of people that I can carry the message to. The first is the people in the fellowship, and I do that through sponsoring, through sharing in meetings, through answering the phone, and all different types of services. I also want to carry the message that there is a solution to professionals. In the big book, it says the purpose of our, is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people around us. And I take that literally. I can be of maximum service to the people around me by informing the professionals in, com in my community that there are non-programs, and it is, this, it is a solution for us. Um, I've, I, it could be done by informing religious leaders, social workers, therapists, and anyone that people tend to go to to share their problems with. Um, from one of my experiences, as a side note, I've learned that everyone has a different definition of what anonymity is. And when I speak to professionals, I, I share with them my definition of anonymity and specifically who they can give my number to and who not to. And then the third group of people is everyone else that I meet. I want to carry the message of unity through being loving, kind, tolerant, and patient with every interaction. I also have three choices of how to carry out the message. The first one is a choice that's not really a choice. I could choose not to carry the message and jeopardize my emotional sobriety, but that would be insane. So therefore, it's not actually a choice. The second is carrying the message begrudgingly which probably is not the most beneficial way to carry the message because who really wants to listen to someone carrying a message that they don't want to be carrying? 
In the 12 and 12, it talks about being obedient to spiritual principles and carrying the message as a spiritual principle. And by being obedient to carrying out the message, it leads me to the ability to carry the message with, with love and zeal. And when I find that I'm not carrying the message with love and zeal, I want to contemplate on what's getting in my way. What are my mistakes and my beliefs, thoughts, and actions? Uh, um, what are my corrective measures? And I also want to consider the reasons why I, I'm carrying the message. So I found that when I'm not carrying the message with love and zeal, it's either because the other person's engaging in unhealthy patterns of behavior and not participating in it, or I'm engaging in unhealthy patterns of behavior. And I find it helpful to go over the conversation as soon as possible afterwards and to take inventory. Where are my mistakes? What are my corrective measures? And usually once it's clear to me where I'm going off course and what I need to do differently, then I can make conscious change in, in my behavior and I go back to serving with love and, and zeal. The reasons why I need to carry the message is one, when I began, began this process, I said that I was willing to go to any lengths to get what others have. And one of those things includes carrying the message. The best way to learn is by giving it over. And every time I give over instructions of how to work the steps, I find that the spiritual principles seep a little bit deeper inside of me. I also, I find myself saying exactly the things that I need to be reminded of. And because I'm so grateful to the, to the members who carried the message to me when I was here, and I wanna make sure that it's available to others as they, as they come. And so I found that when I'm not carrying the message with zeal, the solution for me isn't to take a break and take a step back. The solution for me is to continue carrying the message, to pray and meditate and take inventory. And that always brings me back to carrying the message with zeal. I'll leave it there. Thank you. Uh, Emma, are you there? Yes. Hi, I'm Emma, um, a grateful member of Essanon. Um, there is a passage in the 12 and 12 that always strikes me. It's about Tradition 5. I mean, the, the bit that is, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to alcoholics, anons, who will who still suffer. Better, And there's a commentary, uh, better to do one thing well than many things badly. The life of our fellowship depends on this principle, the ability of each AA to identify himself or herself with and then bring it to the newcomer is a gift from God. Passing on this gift to others is our one aim. Sobriety can't be kept unless it's given away. And I always, this this always comes up for me when I hear carrying the message because I really believe I was given a gift when I came to Essendon. It was a gift of, um, of really giving my life back to me uh, through conscious contact with God. And I think anything that, anything I'm given and it's a gift. And I was told right at the beginning, the key is um, I keep my sobriety by giving it, by giving the information back, by by being a passer on of this message. And I, I to give back what I have been given is, is a privilege really, because anything I can pass on to something else, even a nugget that makes somebody else even feel that there is a solution to the Anon problem. Well, really that, that's, that for me is the key here. Um, and I really feel it's like dominoes, you know, when you push the domino, like if you keep the momentum going, when sponsorship, if you keep the momentum going, 
there's there's a there's a beauty to it you know i don't know if you've ever seen it on 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 youtube but there's these videos my kids love to watch and it's got these dominoes and they do the most incredible things or they set up that a ball hits a this hits that and then in the end you're you're served a, some salt or something and it's the most incredible thing the momentum of it the the beauty and the flow and i always when i see those things think to myself well that's really the, the, the purpose of the 12 steps, we keep a flow going and that flow, the momentum, there's God there. That is God, the, the beauty of it. And when people see it and when you see it in others and it works, like when the salt actually gets put on the food, oh my gosh, to witness that in another human being, that is a gift for me. Um, and when you're sponsoring that human being, um, it's not me doing it. And I know that so deep down, I know it's I'm giving them the information and they choose to start it and they choose to keep the momentum and they choose to see this beautiful flow. And then and then they pass it on to others. I mean, it's just it's just an incredible, like I said, an incredible gift. Um, and um, I can't carry something I don't have. And that's something that I find um, I honestly have to admit to myself, like, you know, if, if I haven't done the work, if I haven't done, I can't give something to somebody I haven't done. So unless I have a, a clearness, a clarity around something, I, I tend to say, I don't know. Let me go and find out because I don't have to have all the answers anymore. Um, like Tim said at the beginning, that was always my 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 starting point. Right, I, I have to have the answers. I have to know so that I can help somebody and I don't have to know and I can relax, I can chill, I don't have to know it all. Um, and each sponsoring I find with each, each, each sponsee is different. There is a, there's a difference to each person. And I, and I love that it doesn't set down in the big book. Sponsorship is not even mentioned in the big book. I love that it's, that it's a flavor and you get to add the different spices to it and it's okay because for one person, this is what's needed and another person, this is what's needed. And it's cool because all is good. That's just the way God wanted it. And each one is a different experience. And each time you learn something so much from your sponsee. And there's a hope that, you know, uh, the student comes when the teacher's ready. That's always how I feel that, you know, the, the sponsee in, in, uh, turns up and this is one area of my life I need to look at more. And it's beautiful. God puts it in, in, my, in, my, veal, in my field, in my vision. Um, um, I, I really believe what Tim says. You 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 give the material. You don't make anybody do anything. It's it's just you passing on the message. I think that's really important. I can't make anybody do anything. When I came in here, I thought I could make everybody do anything. So it's a really really nice feeling now to know I give it over and it's a choice. You want to do it? I'm here. I'm willing. I answer the phone. I'll return calls. But it's it's really a choice here. Um, I think 12 step work, sometimes people think if I'm not sponsoring, I'm not doing anything. And it's not true. Um, I've heard people say, you know, well, I can't find a sponsee. Um, I, I, there isn't anybody out there. Um, and I think it's not just about sponsoring. I think it's about tend attending meetings, sharing the message. I think it's about, um, you know, offering to pick up the phone. It's offering to do things. It's being there, being part of being part of a fellowship, no longer thinking I can and not taking on all the roles either. I don't need to be the secretary and the treasurer and the person who answers the phone. I don't need to do everything. I need to do something. And that's bringing myself to the table. Um, and when I do that, God just, I don't know, God just works in my life. And um, but it's with balance, as it said, not too much, not over, not overkill. Um, 
and I think it's about walking the walk, not talking the talk. You know, it's it's doing the work, it's it's sponsoring the best way you can, and it's remembering every day this this really this really key thing for me. And it's actually in the reading this morning um, uh, that I read uh, that when you make a decision or take a certain action, all that you do, all all that you can do is to do the best you can at that time. And if you do not know, and if you do that, you will have done your duty. And I think that's something that for me as an Anon, I have to hold on to. I can't overpick things. I can't look back in 10 minutes and say, oh my gosh, what have I said? What should I do? No, it's just doing the best I can do in this moment with God, very much with God, with prayer, and just to try. The outcome is always in God's hands. I can just be in the process. And I think as an as an Anon, I, I can I can really fret if I don't do that, if I don't give it into God's hands. It's all about doing the service, doing the work, giving it over, being the best I can be today in this moment with the information I have with a lot of God, big dose of God. And then really, I, I can go to sleep at night and be peaceful. And uh, carrying the message is a beautiful thing. It's never a stress. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Uh, Michal, would you like to share? Hi, everyone. Thank you. It's been a while. I've had 150 years of lockdown with 150 children. So <laughs> it's been a challenge to come to meetings anyways. Grateful that everybody's out today and grateful to be here. Um, I just, I'll just share quickly about my experience with Step 12. I think that when I first came into the program, I was like for sure sponsor reliant. And then when I got my first sponsee, I became sponsee reliant. And like the whole thing just sort of flipped on the sponsee. And like, I remember just sort of needing needing her to do everything I said. And if she didn't do everything I said, I was the failure or like, the, it, it's just, it was so unhealthy. Anyway, um, I've learned a lot with sponsoring. And the fr one thing I've learned, a few, few things I've learned is I can't sponsor if I'm not doing step 10 and 11 on a regular basis um, because then I kind of lose my groove of the program if I'm not doing steps 10 and 11. And then um, um, the other thing is that um, I have to just, my, my role of being a sponsor is teaching the 12 steps. That's all, like that's all it is. And then once a person learns the 12 steps, then they give it to someone else. Now what happens in a non-programs, I'm, I'm an anon, I'm not an addict, um, is that I find that there's many detailed issues that come up and I usually cannot figure out how to solve people's problems. Um, I can barely solve my problems. And so, I mean, the only thing that does solve my problems is the step work with God. And so that's, again, what uh, my job is to just re-guide guide them back to the 12 steps. And um, it chills things out. There's, there's this, like, there's no need for them to, to do what I say. If they don't do it, that's their choice. If they do it, that's... I, I'm very happy for them. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of gratitude for all the 
all the, I guess, sponsors, I don't know, I want to call them mentors or teachers or psychologists or whatever you want to call them. I know they're not psychologists, but they've definitely behaved that way sometimes. And um, it's, uh, I have a lot of gratitude there and a lot of gratitude for the people that I've worked with, whether or not they've done the steps, I've learned so much either way. Some, you know, in terms of if they don't do the steps, but they continue to call me or they call me two weeks late or they call me two hours late. So it teaches, I, I've learned to, to set up a system that works for me. Um, it's taken a while. It used to be call me whenever you want. It used to be call me only between nine and 10 o'clock. And now it's, I'm available from nine to three. You can call me then. And if I, you know, after that, it just doesn't work. But, um, you know, that's what, that's what has worked for me. And I know like every, every sponsor has a different way. It also used to be set an hour of time with me and we'll go through the steps. Now, I, like, I just don't have an hour uh, to, to block out with, especially with all this lockdown and, and, and coronavirus is just, um, you know, thrown everyone's schedule different ways. Um, anyways, um, it's taught, the, the sponsoring has taught me how to work things out technically with sponsor, sponsees. And, and basically it's, it's just been a, a real gift of the program to, to give over. Anyway, thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Uh, Evan, would you like to share? Hi, thank you. I'm Evan, grateful coming member of Al-Anon. Um, so I always need to, when it comes to step 12 and carrying the message, uh, the first thing I try to remind myself is that the only reason we're actually here doing this is because somebody, Bill W., uh, was off in Ohio somewhere and, and realized that if he didn't carry the message, uh, he would die. Um, and he, he went out and made cold calls to people... He didn't know in a, in a city that he, he was unfamiliar with. Um, and he was rebuffed a bunch of times until he finally found somebody. Um, and while I, I can't say that I'm, I, I've done that or I'm even able to do that, um, I, I do need to remember that that is the, the basis. That's where we start. That's where, um, the, the whole idea of, of carrying the message because it'll save our lives. Um, and I know for me that carrying the message really is a, a is a practice these principles in all your affairs type of thing. Um, talk about carrying the message, whether it's working with sponsees, whether it's it's having service positions, um, but also I need to carry the message in the rooms themselves. So uh I, when i share in in a meeting um i'm there to to to, to share the solution um, i'm not there to share my problems and if all i'm doing in in a meeting is is dumping and 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 saying this is not going right and that's not going right um why would anybody want to show up to the meetings and they can go listen to other people complain or go complain elsewhere 
Um, so for me, the meetings is a big place to, 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 to share the message, to share the message that uh, there's a program here and it's based on uh, working 12 steps. And if I work those 12 steps, then I can have a spiritual experience. And if I have a spiritual experience, I can be happy, joyous, and free. Um, and then how I how how do I then go about uh, living that in a way that um, other people can see that? Um, and whether and it can be people in program, and it can be addicts, and it can be anons, but it can be people at work. It can be people in the in in, in my my family who aren't. Uh, certainly aren't don't seem to be addicts on on the on the face of it um but if they see you or they see me uh living happy joyous and free even though all these things are going on in in, in my life right now um and there's a lot of stuff going on in my life right now um that it's fine it's not i don't need to Get worked up about it. I don't need to to get upset about it. I don't need to take it out on anybody else. Um, if if I can show them, if if I can um, uh, be the person who who provides that um, experience, that that uh, Hebrew word is dogma, that example to to those around me, then. Yeah, that's great. Then, then I'm then then people will 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 come and ask. Oh, how how, how do you manage to do that? Um, and then I can really share a message of of, of living a God centered life um, based on these these principles. Uh, but yeah, it all comes back to to having the willingness to 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 be a little bit uncomfortable and and live and, and do those things like bill wilson did um to 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 make those changes that aren't so comfortable and and sometimes take those actions that right now aren't aren't so easy and and are difficult um knowing that in the long run it's the right thing to do and, and it'll it, it'll get me to that place of, of happy joys and free and uh, if I'm blessed, it'll bring other people along and uh, they'll be able to be happy, joyous and free along with me. So I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thank you. We've got a, a few little minutes left. Just wondering if anyone has any questions about the, the topic of carrying the message to others and specifically sponsorship. Come, come, there must be something somewhere. Tim, I'd like to bring up a specific Anon topic that I didn't get to touch on. It's just a moment. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Osher. Um, one of the things we see in Anon rooms, we see it in other rooms as well, but is people who come in and they don't know of an alcoholic or addict in their lives. They just know that they've read some literature, they heard from a friend, or they attended a couple of meetings and they seem to identify. Um, personally, I used to be very clear with these people that, you know, 
if if sometimes they 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 share that they're coming in because they have mental illness in their family or um, they're children of Holocaust survivors or something along those lines. And I used to share with them that um, you know if this is the place for you, you'll you'll find out soon enough. And if it's not the place for you, then it won't work for you. My experience, though, more and more has been that if they're identifying, then there's alcoholism or addiction somewhere in their family. They just don't necessarily know or have, have not identified the person. And more and more, it's about how I react to the people around me, the, 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 um, the circumstances around me, et cetera, et cetera. And so if, if this program is helping someone, um, often they will be able to find the, the, you know, the alcoholic or the addict, but they might not be able to. Thanks. Thank you. So there's a question here. What's the difference in terms of responding as a sponsor versus listening as a member of the fellowship? Um, I'm going to get someone else to come in on this as well. But um, if someone just wants to share with me, um, that's fine. As long as it's not moaning, uh, that's all right. As long as it's in a constructive, in a constructive spirit. Um, with sponsorship, there is an implicit invitation to comment and make suggestions and to challenge and to engage with the subject matter. If you've got a tricky sponsee, then sometimes, uh, based on your experience, you're going to say, before you comment, you're going to say, would you like input on that? And then they'll say, no, <laughs> okay, yes, okay, then you're fine. With anyone who's not a sponsee, I absolutely will not comment unless I'm invited to actively, and sometimes I ask them if I'm invited to. Um, um, Sarah Ribka, would you like to come in and share? Hi, everybody. I'm Sarah Rifka. I'm a grateful member of Al-Anon. And um, yes, in uh, this question, I, I sometimes say to people, say, well, if I was your sponsor, I would say X, Y, and Z. But I'm not, so I can't say that. And um, <laughs> or I won't say that. But meanwhile, I've already said it, so they get the point. And um, yeah, and I also ask people, do you want me just to listen or would you like feedback on that? And sometimes I can say things to people and they might listen to me where they wouldn't listen to their own sponsor. And so that's when somebody who's not my sponsor calls me, I, I look at that, I, I treat that very seriously because um, I might be the one to say the one thing that they might be able to hear and maybe not. Um, I also wanted to say about in the beginning um, that Tim said that we all have the same problem and that that I found that to be really, really true. And the problem is that um, the problem is that not being connected to God. And so um, I can I can share with anybody in the world on how to connect with God. I mean, I, I don't know what works for everybody, but I know what's worked for me. And so that's something that 
that I can do. And, um, and just one final thing. Uh, I also hated that St. Francis prayer for many years. I would say like <laughs> 20 years I hated that prayer. And I don't anymore. Um, but what I what I see, I see it differently than I used to see it. And how I see it today is is I see it that uh, that it's basically saying, like in terms of the twelfth step, that that I have to be I have to be an example of recovery. So it doesn't mean that if you're feeling down, I have to go in there and rescue you. But it does mean that I need to I need to show people the light and and not the darkness, because if all they see is the darkness, they think, well, what good is this program? I'm just going to stay the same way. Like, no, let me share with you the joy that I've experienced. Let me share with you the light that I've gotten from from, uh, you know, my lamp is turned on. If it lights up your darkness, that's great. If it doesn't, then it's not my responsibility. So um, that's the Alan on share on the AA prayer. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for being there. Thank you. And just what, one last thing before we, we close up. Um, as a sponsor, I get to choose how I sponsor or what my offer is. And different people offer very different things. Some people offer a narrow range of things. Others bundle up sponsorship with aspects of therapy and parenthood and all sorts of other things. If they want to offer that, they can offer that. It's up to the sponsee or the potential sponsee to say, is that for me? If it's not, go and find someone else's, plenty of other people. Doesn't mean that what the sponsor is offering is wrong or they shouldn't be offering it. They get to offer it. If no one wants it, no one will ask. Um, so there never needs to be any disagreement or strife between a sponsor or a sponsee. Uh, if the sponsor, sponsee doesn't like it, there's no obligation to remain. If the sponsor doesn't like it, there's no obligation to remain. As uh, on a lighter note, my friend Tom says, sometimes complaining about sponsors, what do we pay these people for? Anyway, on that, on that slightly facetious note, I'm going to bring this to a close. Uh, so we're back next week for practicing these principles in all our affairs. Um, so uh, please unmute if you care to and join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant oh, me the serenity. Thank you very much. Thanks.